1: And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob.
2: All right, we are back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast with the entire crew is here. And boy, I feel like Eddie and I just need to let you two go. I mean, it seems like we've done enough of this shit lately. I'm I'm reformed
0: right now. I've yes, I feel a lot better. You ready I did. for Saturday? I feel all right. Well, I don't know about ready, but <laughs> I I feel a lot better than I did on Sunday. Is that because of Brent
2: yesterday, just being feisty with everybody? And Maybe a little
0: bit. Jalen Daniels is hurt. Well, I will we'll wait and see on that. But I mean, I, I just don't think that that
2: guy the the reputation that, that guy has for working for the athletic and all that, like
0: surely that guy's not wrong. Oh, I I No, think, it's gamesmanship again. I, I think that there could be a situation that I, I don't believe that he'll play on Saturday, but Season ending. Season. I could maybe be talked into maybe he coming back yeah, if it's earlier a, if than it's like a sprained
3: shoulder. Sure. Like I it's mean, four
0: weeks and not seven. Sure. So technically so, yeah. so
2: the news to him might be that he's out for the season.
0: Yeah, like I I would be very, very, very surprised if Jalen Daniels was able to play on Saturday. But yeah. uh shit. I mean, that just means that Jason Bean is coming to kill me. So he's coming to finish me. He almost he did he it. He's coming to finish me <laughs> after he uh, yeah, after what he started <laughs> last year. So uh, no, I I do feel a lot better about I think just the program as a whole. Do but you? well, not not Why? better, not it's, better in terms of how I expect them to play. They obviously they got a long way to go on that shit. But I think from a maybe it does have a lot to do with how Brent handled things yesterday. But that's the, the same guy thing last Tuesday. I thought. I,
2: I, thought, thought
3: was, I, I thought I thought it was I thought yesterday spicy.
0: I thought yesterday was more like he was calling us as a matter of fact,
2: yeah. if you will. I think he was a little shell-shocked two weeks ago. Yeah, It seems like he kind of and he was probably gathered un- himself together yeah. and
0: was kind of back to being the leader of the Oklahoma football program. I, that's fair. Like, and I, I do this. I think Saturday, too, it was, it was just like everything was just so in the moment that it was like, that was almost depressing watching that. Post game press conference and how long they took. I think it was like uh, no, anger like, was building as well <laughs> as a part of I'm that. Leaving,
3: I'm going to talk to Levy and Farouk and them. I'm not staying for this. Yeah, so like I, I do that think Bob though that
0: out of there, awfully fast. There was there there was a level of uh, you know certainly disappointment within everything that happened over the last couple of days. But I thought yesterday that's the tone that you want to hear from Brent Venables. I thought the coaches show on Monday night was really good. Driving yeah. home from practice, yeah. just that kind of stuff. That's like. When you're in this like this this hellhole that they're in, the in right, in right they're now, in I mean they're in like they're knee deep in this shit. It it does you want a little bit of I don't know reprieve or some some type of leadership and voice and saying like everything's gonna be okay. And I feel calm like calm you, down. You
3: get that from Braden Willis and Deshaun White. Sure, you know, I I'd, hopefully it translates because I really feel those guys are the are the pulse of the team and i think they really understand what's going on
2: but i also think this this week has been a little bit about you know let's make sure we don't lose this team. no this is a
0: it's big picture yeah, stuff yeah this week. i mean it's you know
2: brett basically said that he went through the entire schedule of the 2005-2009
0: seasons with the team and the team kind of said the same thing yeah which you know i think we can get into here in a little bit i you know, there there's going to have to be some stuff that Brent Venables looks at as a head coach, yes. as a first year head coach that says, am I doing too much here? Am I doing too much there? And i well, Bob been, asked him the question yesterday. I've been uh, a little surprised. I was very proud of. I've, I've been a little surprised that like Matt Wells hasn't stepped in and maybe he has and said, hey, maybe we should restructure this. Maybe these meetings are going too long. Maybe like I don't know about the physicality in practice as much as right. it is. Just a mental, mental drain. That's
3: where I was going with with that question, and I get I, I was thinking as an all encompassing. Hey, ever since Lincoln left, like what these guys have been through, you know, Brent didn't quite take it that way, and just took it more toward the season itself. Sure. But mentally, they look fried. I don't know about physically, but mentally, this team looks well. Just think of
2: here is something that we haven't brought up is you know this was you remember going back to the spring, uh, everything was in the morning. And that's because Lincoln Riley, the way he told the team, is set up your schedule so he can practice in the morning, and then the rest of the day you get your work done at school, your school stuff
0: done. I don't give a damn if you're going to class. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm joking, but
2: uh, well, but so anyway, now Brent like. I have, n- I'd never remember a time where it's eight o'clock when I'm leaving the practice field. It's, yeah. Like this week uh, at, the,
3: at the earliest. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Eight, or the, all this, this <laughs> I year. Mean, we're starting at eight. We're starting at yeah. eight on Mondays for those that don't, it is don't a know. really long day for those guys. And, you know, I know they had to switch back to an evening schedule and maybe there's some things with classes and, you know, uh, there's always players every year. Like, though they can't talk, they have a class on Tuesday nights. Uh, so like you have these little things here and I think we've seen like Jared Canick leave in practice early before, uh, going to a class. And, uh, um, I know Mims has a couple times. Mims has done that. Uh, but like maybe that's part of it too, is that yeah. this switch back to the schedule after, you know, several years of practicing in the mornings, you know, and maybe the days are too long because it's, 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 you know, a little unorganized cause they had to switch
0: from that morning to evening schedule. Sure, And you know, I, I that, I really hadn't even thought about it that way, but I think that that is something that, like, that's part of that's like a small part of this big picture. That at the end of the day, Josh, I mean, the last two weeks, it's, oh, Josh, we well, it's, just it's, it's, ignore it's, him completely. It's the two, it's the two most embarrassing weeks in the history of Oklahoma football. I mean, I I don't know how you get away, at least from the modern era, and I mean, you know, I, Carrie and I talked about it on the post game pod just as far as you can handle getting beat the way that they're getting beat, the way that they're getting manhandled is it's, it's flat out worrisome
1: that that's absolutely a thing because everybody keeps making this Nick Saban comparison in year one. And I, I I think there are things there that I could buy into and I'm not trying to say Brent's going to be Nick. I don't want to get too far down that road, but I can get the point that you're driving at. Like, okay, when you're making a drastic change in culture and ideals and those, like there are things that are going to be problematic and they're going to cause you maybe some stumbles that wouldn't have happened if you would have just left it as status quo. But you go back and look at that 2007 Alabama team, like they were losing by seven, they were losing by four, they were losing. Like there's, there's no like, holy crap, they got kicked that that day. I mean, they played some good teams, obviously they're in the SEC, but there was no, there was no moment like that. I mean, and they go, you know, uh, they they beat a, a ranked Tennessee team by three touchdowns. Like there were signs, like okay, this is trending in the right direction. That, that's, to me, that's got to start now. Like, you, you can, okay, you want to let that go? That's fine. But at some point, you have to start to show growth. Like, I, I still think that what they're doing, the types of people that believe in Brent Venables, the Todd Bates that left Clemson, the Thad Turnipsey that left Clemson, like, these are guys that know what success looks like. They've been around it, and they thought, I want to follow Brent Venables to Oklahoma. Like, that gives me faith that these guys that are on the inside they know like what's happening. They see it. They they still believe in it. So or you know they came in believing in it. So I still think there's reason reason for patience. But you've got to give people something to believe in. And the K State loss, okay, that that you know again that kind of happens. That it's fine, whatever. The last two weeks, like uh, I've said it over and over, you you can't lose like that at a place like Oklahoma. That's just not acceptable. It's, it's uncompetitive football. I mean, it, yeah. it truly is uncompetitive,
0: unbecoming. Just embarrassing football. And, you know, I, they don't have to be told that. Uh, even if you want to go back to, like, if, if you don't want to use Alabama as the, uh, you know, the barometer, just use 98-99 in the turnover that you saw from Stoops' first team, a team, of, you know, a staff, obviously, that Brent was on that, you know, they go 7-5 year that year, but it was all about losing those leads. They led it Notre Dame. They led it Texas. They were competitive. They were making steps in the right direction this thing has been anything but making steps in the right direction. They're going backwards. So, you know, that leads us into this week. And, you know, obviously the you know, the quarterback situation is, I guess, still in doubt. I I still think he'd have to take a massive step back not to play, talking about Dylan Gabriel, but Or he just doesn't pass it. Yeah, the, you know, you the could the feel great pass. and you might not just pass it. Yeah, and I'm not real sure what like what technically goes into passing or not passing the test? So I, I thought it was a great sign. He talked to us Monday. Yeah, no, one hundred percent, and he's totally okay. Well, I I don't know how much you can base on on it, and obviously he's been running and doing stuff. I mean, we saw him through pregame, but just the the fact that he had been sweating and like going through workouts, it's like okay, this is he's talking like he's gonna play. So well, and I say this like you know
2: I asked the question because nobody had asked it late in the press conference yesterday, but like watching back like we were interviewing people at the time so I didn't see that but like he Brent did say
0: that he expects him to play on Saturday on his coach's show
2: the thing at Rudy's
0: yeah and i i think that everybody's under the impression that he's going to play and i you know that obviously drake Stoops definitely was yeah drake I, said it on monday i know that you guys were over with him
2: yeah i mean he said yeah he's i i kind of i didn't really try and do a gotcha but it was just kind of like you know w- What'll it be like to to have Dylan back this right. week? Right, he's like, yeah, we talked about it right. on Sunday, and can't wait to have him back out there. So the team's basically moving full speed ahead, thinking that they've got Dylan. It, it, it's and so Brent said Thursday. Would he say Thursday? Thursday, Thursday would, would be for sure.
0: and yeah, you know, it's it's all part of this like this bigger picture process of what these last couple of weeks have been, and everybody wants to talk about the offense, and rightfully so, but it doesn't matter who the quarterback is on saturday if they're going to play defense like they have here over the last couple of weeks. You know, Max Olsen put out the stop rate uh, statistic this morning. First 3 games, 84%, 17th in the country and the last 3 games, 48%, 123rd. I mean, we're talking about uh you know, an inability to execute fundamentally and in turn on the rushing numbers when you look at them in the graph that you know Gabe had tweeted out yesterday. Big it's,
3: twelve games only. It's Ooh.
0: just it's incredible. And I I know that somebody else had told me that on first downs this year, OU's averaging giving up two hundred and forty yards. It's it's incredible.
1: I don't want to dwell on it. I
0: mean, mean per yep. game? I mean,
1: 240 yards <laughs> on a single first down feels this like a
2: amazing. lot.
1: amazing. Yeah, I, that's almost unbelievable.
2: One thing I, I – let's get back to the press conference uh, yesterday because I think there were some other really interesting things that came out of that. Uh, you know, I think – well, obviously, Brent challenging everyone. And he's not a stranger to, like, asking questions. But, like, yesterday he was almost going after some people if, if they want to – I mean, the, the – like Josh, you are like I don't know if you're just being like difficult right now, but it seems like you're fighting back on pretty much every point. Like the Justin Broyles thing, uh, like there was something else today that was like, is Josh just wanting to fight people? Like, what's going on with him? But, oh, it, it was the
1: night the Trevor Knight stuff.
2: Oh yeah, the Trevor Knight stuff, and that was. I mean, he, he took a shot at Trevor Knight. It at, at Rudy's on Tuesday, uh, and then some were saying it was Gabe. No, 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 no. Gabe, okay. Gabe knew exactly what was going on because he watched okay. it and he saw it and he laughed. Like, but what it was and
0: what he's saying is right though. What, what Trevor Knight is saying is correct, but you're not gonna have correct. the head coach come out and say hundred percent. Six games in, But into that's the his, thing, like the when Josh is like, well, he's right. I was like, but that's
2: not I mean, Brent <laughs> Venables is not gonna be like a, he is absolutely like like he said like everything the media is throwing at us is fair because of the way we're playing. Yeah. Uh,
1: but and I said, I time, love that. Like, I love that he owned it. The Saying
2: the season is a failure, though, and in, in allowing that to be said or, or repeated or having former players, like he's like, look, you got to realize, like, this is a team. Like, yep. we have to support each other. We, we're we're going to get through this. Like, we just have to keep, you know, fighting and listening to what your coaches are telling you to do. Like, it's just like the whole thing he said about not dumbing down the defense so that guys can be freer to make plays. He's like, look, this is our defense. Like, we're going to be running this defense forever. We either get it or we don't. It's not we're not going to dumb this thing down. We're not going to make it easier for them because it's going to basically,
0: you know, derail any progress that they've made throughout the entire season, which I agree with that. Like there is an element though and I think this is the frustrating thing for people out there that they're like they say, well, you don't have the players to run what you want. You're smart enough defensively as a, as a coach in the 20 years that you've been 30 years that you've been doing it. Why can't you do something that will at least resemble something that Oklahoma can use to, I
1: mean, three
0: yards. I'll say this. They're at 4.8 right now. A rush. I'll say this. Even if you dumb it down,
2: do you really think the guys that can't follow directions now are gonna be any better in a in a simplified defense that doesn't hold them accountable to do their job? Like well, I mean, there's just gonna be mass chaos well, out I, there. It like,
3: just feels like you're leading toward the twenty twenty three classes being your starters on defense. <laughs> it
2: feels like you're gonna
3: ruin a lot. I don't I don't know what the confidence level of Reggie Grimes is at this moment compared to who he was after Nebraska. I mean if you don't dumb it down, you're gonna The last three games, what what does that guy have to hold his hat on?
0: There's a continued chase to get back to what they had in those first three games. And, you know, I I guess if they could figure out where that's gone, they would have already done so. But it's obviously night and day different than what it was from, you know, one through three and four through six.
3: Like, think what's happened to him. If this keeps going in this direction, do you
0: lose him completely? His confidence. I mean, you would hope not. I... At some point I do he, think that that stuff is a little overrated. And just go play football. You guys you got and I think that's where you get into the conversation of and I, I think there's a lot of people that have said this over the last couple of weeks. Maybe they they don't have good football players. They need
1: football players instead of athletes. I said that I, I think after I've said that Kansas yep. State game. I think that's to, I think that's a valid pro like my whole thing like and I uh, to just to, to defend what I'm saying a little bit. What Trevor Knight is saying is true. If you have goals and you don't meet them, you failed. Like there's no other way to say that. At the same time, I get what Brent is saying. He's not gonna say that. Like I understand that completely. But the thing I have to ask, because I didn't see what led into the comment, was he asked directly about that? Like people call, or was it like an aside where he's like, "Yeah, I know people out here are saying." X, Y, Z, and right. I don't care. It, I think it was, it was, it was more like of that. It, yeah. and
0: well, you're you're one shining
1: one those, light on a, an
0: ugly truth. Right, and it, I think it's one of those things, too, that if you didn't catch it in the moment and you just read you know, what Brent said or if you're just getting reactions from people, it's one of those things that the internet has just blown out of proportion. Yeah, He was yeah. just making an offhand comment that, of course, the season isn't over. And if you read well, yeah. all of Trevor's quote, not just that two lines,
2: it's okay. And as a coach, it's kind of like it, you know, it's kind of like, what are you doing, bringing people on, you know, university media that don't have our backs, like yeah. As a coach, you're just offended. Like, how he's supposed to be one of us. Like how how can he? What Trevor's doing a podcast. I mean, he's trying to get listeners and get attention and get people to listen and have some credibility. So.
0: Yeah, and like this and is it,
1: this is the first time we've mentioned Trevor Knight not relating to Katy Perry. And how long? I mean, so 20. I guess when to him?
0: Well, and it's just, I mean, it's it's the guy has like, a way better life than all of us. He married a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. I mean, good God! Uh, but but if you're getting yeah. bent out of shape about like what Trevor Knight's opinion, and I like Trevor, I mean, just, sure, like, who cares? That's his opinion, and by the way, he's probably right. You just don't like hearing it. Yeah,
2: yeah, but I think it's the thing of he and look, Brent is on a. I mean it's a propaganda campaign that he's on. I mean and it's it is And you have to be. Yeah, it, and yeah. it is, you know, cut the noise down a little bit. I mean, and you see it like it it turns into fighting on the internet, but it's fan it's 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 the old crimson corner, you know, since the beginning of time. You got doom and gloomers and you got sunshine pumpers. Like that's just the way it's always been. I mean, and now that's on Twitter and they're fighting with each other, but it's just like that's the noise outside. Brent's only concerned about his team and the message that his team is getting. And anytime he gets in front of a microphone, and I think all good coaches do this. They use that microphone as a message to their team as much as talking to them
0: in the locker room. That's what all good coaches do. Yeah, agreed. I mean, Nick Saban's the the most famous. And, you know, I I think it kind of goes back to the idea, too, that Brent could say whatever the hell he wants to say. They could tell us whatever they want to tell us on Monday and Tuesday nights. But if they come out, and put out that bullshit like they have the last two weeks on Saturday against Kansas. You think they're going to get booed off the field? You thought yep. it was bad this week. Yeah. Like I mean, you're talking about an apocalypse. They're going to get
2: booed they're gonna- while they're playing the
0: <laughs> the the school song. It'll be way before the school song. <laughs> at the end but uh, i'm saying at the end right, right. You know when the well, the stands actually, are you know, people are going to stay there just to boo them i was going to say will there be anybody well, in the stands yeah. for the uh, for the school for the alma mater after the game well, but well it
2: goes if it's if it's if they get blanked and then you know Kansas puts up a 40 spot it will be only parents i've,
0: I've, I've the, said this on radio the, and i i in could the media. very well just be completely delusional not only do I think they're going to score a touchdown this week, which would be a step in the right direction, but I think I think they are going to win. So maybe, Ooh. just maybe, you can get some Ooh. calming. The line is up to nine. Yeah, It opened
2: I, at seven. It's up to nine I to think, this
0: one. I, I, I think they're going to respond, but then would, again, we've been waiting for a response for almost a month now and simply haven't seen it. I mean, and, you know, Josh, I think that you kind of put it best when it's like – we there's no point in even doing the Monday morning idiot nope. because there's been so much bad. Like I would love to sit here and say that there were some positives out of the Texas game, maybe the way that they were able to run the football there. Cause there were some good spots at yep, times. There were, but outside of that,
1: there's just not a whole hell of a lot you can take out of it. That's how uh, bad it's been. I mean, guys, that that's the first time I haven't done a Monday morning idiot in years because it was, there was, there was nothing to be gained from it. I wasn't going to learn anything that I didn't know. Like it, it, it's abominable on defense. Quinn Ewers missed some throws. It could have been worse than it was. You
3: should have heard the Texas guys, Josh, thinking Quinn was just on fire. And we're like, what
1: what are you watching?
3: It could have
0: easily been. Well, I mean, to be fair,
2: they haven't seen, you know, Heisman (laughs) Trophy winning quarterbacks left and right
1: in Texas. That was the thing. I almost, like, at the end of that game, and it it just would have come off so petty. I didn't, but I was like, so Texas media, how do I deal with OU fans after a loss like this? I don't know what to do. And what to say to them? And well, I was like, I, "It's it's going to come off as petty," and that's not what I was aiming at. But I was like, "You guys have dealt with losses like this. I don't know what to do here." I I asked Bob
0: Ballou, the uh, one of the TV guys from Austin. I was like, "So what do I do here?" Like, <laughs> and I think that was like the most disheartening thing after the game is just. And Carrie and I talked about it on the pod, uh, the post game pod on Sunday. It's just there are so many people within the program that cover the program or were you know once players in the program. Uh, alumni, fans, parents, players, coaches to a certain extent. Nobody knows how to handle this right now. This is unprecedented times. Uncharted waters. Yeah. Like it it, it's very awkward to a certain extent. Chartered. I say chartered. Chartered water. Uncharted and I just eddied there. They might charter (laughs) we should charter (laughs) a plane
1: into these waters and just drive it straight in um it's awful speaking of it feels more and more like after this season there may need to be a charter bus of several um that like it, it feels like there is plenty of change coming to this roster uh in a lot of different ways
3: yeah i mean there's no other way to look at it yeah i could be some people leave go, on go their ahead. own some people are going to be uh-huh. forced that, that yep. you
1: know it and to me, that should give OU fans more comfort than anything in that, because I feel like, guys, we used to talk about this with Riley. Like, there was this feeling of, like, guys, they knew they needed jettison and they wouldn't do it. And it feels like that's not going to be the issue here. Like, if you're not, I mean, now don't. it's not a, oh, he's not good enough. But if, he, if a guy is not going to buy in and do the things they want him to do and play the role, you know, and be be a team first kind of guy, i i don't think they're gonna be here long i'm like, I, i'm waiting I, I, for I the first one i think that's the way they see it because we're, mm-hmm. we're starting Agreed. to
3: see it nebraska vanderbilt like oh, I mean, we know smu from like last week i'm waiting who is that first guy to say that's it i'm out
0: yeah and it's almost a, kind of one of those things it's like you don't want to be the first guy out <laughs> because then you're going to be labeled as the quitter you're going to be labeled as the guy that wasn't know, wasn't all in after yesterday i'm gonna i'm gonna start a pool it's, it's the oe's
2: We'll, we'll see. I think I, Bob and I, Bob has a theory on this. That's right. I'm sticking with it. If he doesn't
3: play Saturday, then I'm with you. Well, I, but,
2: and the thing about it is his dad. You know about you know he's giving everything to this program. And that's what
3: I think. And but they're like our game plan Saturday can't include your son because our game plan is terrible, and he's not going to get <laughs> thrown I mean, the ball. Like and if he's, he's not, not going to ever touch if it. If he's
0: not going to block and help on the outside, he can't be a part of it. Marvin Mims' only reception was from Marcus Major. You're talking about one of the
3: best receivers in time. If you can't yeah. get Mims the ball. You're not going to be able to get Theo. Theo and Jaden Gibson didn't play a snap, and I just think it's because they knew they aren't effective as blockers and they weren't going to be used in the passing game. If they're not on the field Saturday, then there's something to it.
2: But at the same time, you also have Jalil Farouk is one of the guys that's really coming he's, on he's, offensively. He's tough and physical. And he's kind of making Theo Weiss, you know, but th- more and more irrelevant. Because it's Farouk,
3: Weiss, and Mims. I mean, those mm-hmm. are the three three guys. So what Farouk does to me doesn't really change Theo's
2: role. We saw but Theo... But you not getting enough plays, though, to spread the ball around to yeah. very many
3: we guys. We saw Theo that's practice so true. Monday night because Eddie told him he threw a ball.
0: Yeah, they were trying to pitch, and I just walked by, <laughs> he threw it into the grass. said, that's a ball, Theo. Ball one, 1-0. <laughs> no, it's... it, And I don't know. It, it's almost, to a certain extent... Josh, I'd love to get your thoughts on this just as far as and we've talked about it, but it's worth rehashing. Uh, you know, the the quarterback thing. I think both can be true that that Jeff Lebby he probably he did all he could. He he was basically calling a game with one arm tied behind his back. He did back. all he could for the first half. Sure. Not he quit. I I think a lot of people did. <laughs> and but at the same time, he recruited Davis Bevel. I know it was a terrible situation. He recruited general Booty. he he obviously recruited Nick Evers. Uh, the 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 backup quarterback situation has to be fixed, and it's in a way that the University of Oklahoma should have a quarterback that can at least complete a ten yard out route. And it doesn't seem like they have a backup that is ready to do that. But so I mean, they kind of got screwed over by Caleb, obviously, with his decision, but at the same time, there is a little responsibility that lies there that they weren't able to go find somebody or they weren't able to sell the program enough to get somebody. And maybe that's how they handled the Dylan Gabriel thing. It was very obvious that they weren't going to get a whole lot of bites when Gabriel comes in. It just, it it wasn't going to happen. Brian even said that. Yeah. So like, do we just live in a
2: world that can't comprehend people that don't
1: follow, like can't connect
2: those dots? Like, it that just seems... I mean, everyone... It's when they're mad.
1: Pe- people yeah. can't see it because they're emotional about it.
2: I mean, it's just like everybody knows... And more value. I mean, Brent basically had to explain yesterday what happened nine months ago or yeah. ten months ago. That everybody everybody was on the edge of their seat following. Everybody knew <laughs> about Jackson Dart. Everybody knew even Chubba Purdy. I mean, like, they knew all this stuff was going along. They, they knew that Davis Bevel was in here when he was on his visit and... Uh, you know, and then General Booty came along, and just because the name like eh, it, Nick Evers
0: decommits from Florida, like that was a huge get. Like, am I completely delusional in saying that? Like, if Dylan Gabriel's back, I'm not worried about the offense. Correct. They're gonna they're Correct. gonna move the ball. I'm, they're gonna I'm score with points. No. Defensively, they have serious structural issues in fundamentals of tackling. And fitting gaps and being they where against, they need to be. Against Texas,
2: it showed. I mean, I think that's the thing that Brent's most frustrated about yesterday is like he mentioned the tackling like several times. Yes. It's like all of a sudden it was alignment and fit and, uh, you know, being in the right place. And then the next game, they 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 can't tackle. It's like yeah. he can't believe that, it,
0: like, w- you put one finger in the dam and then another leak springs. And the sad thing is – even when it's 21 to nothing with three minutes left in the first half, if you're using TCU as the, as like the comparison, <laughs> the, 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 the measuring stick, they played better. Yes, they yep. did play and, better it, it, today,
2: Wednesday, October the 12th. I think that's the first day that you can actually admit that because I've wanted to say that for days. I mean, they, but everybody was like, I mean, everybody would basically like screw you. No, yeah. you, you, they didn't huh. play better. They were terrible. They did when it was 21, nothing, nothing, like and then Woody drops the interception and then it all goes to shit. Well, then yeah. Brent calls that timeout. That was just so
0: The timeout that to, was try, to bizarre the back, timeout. try to get the ball back. Because you know field. you're
2: getting the ball first yeah. start well, second half.
0: Timeout, but then you give up a run for a third, third, third drive. right? Yeah. Right. And but the thing about it is and we could go back to even the uh, the fake field goal, like the that drive. It's 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 little moments where this team through six games has been given an opportunity to take momentum in a game. And they just don't have, do it. They, they have you guys
3: Watch that fake field goal again?
0: Uh, I w- Yeah, Daniel Parker
3: touches Overshown. It's a it's a touchdown. That's
0: all he had to Is do. Is that the play that I think some people have uh, termed it as? He yeah. just he bowed out. Well, yeah. that that yeah. was on. Was that the that one that Teddy good. was like he just bowed? It out? It
3: could have been that, or it could it have been good. the very first possession in the second half where Davis Bevel looks like he's running it on fourth down when really he's trying to throw it to Parker, but Parker has his back to him.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just... Remember it, the days when
2: OU Texas uh, was uh, Jordan Evans just not pushing a guy out of bounds yes. and like like how yep. soft it looked and it caused like massive turmoil in the locker room and like Jordan Evans, His Scott dad. Evans like He's him God. over to have a come yeah. to <laughs> Jesus meeting and yeah. a film session and
0: like... Yeah, we need some of that up in here. I just I, I can't believe that this thing, if you would have told me back in August, and obviously we were blinded by a lot of things, we were a little bit dummy on just how big of some issues that were within the program, that you were going into a the seventh game of this, this entire Brent Venables era and you're looking at it as a game in which it's about as big of a must win like just from a morale standpoint. Could- you see could have improve, I mean, I mean. Especially with the bi- the bye the, the week coming. If you're three and four, then
3: another week of hearing how terrible sure. you are to lead into a week where they're going to say how terrible you
0: are. And you, you will are. have
2: people that if they go home, their families talk to them and they yeah. decide like, okay, Oklahoma's not the place for me anymore.
0: Yeah, I, I think that this is a big week and just like in terms of just looking competent. That's all I'm asking for.
3: That's what the <laughs> we were about. T- the first drive was a three and out. And you're like, oh, man. Okay. Yeah. M- yeah. Maybe this is going to be a physical like, battle. And, and the- Danny
0: Stutzman flying around. Yep. He's making plays. And then the and second then drive isn't. And then it just <laughs> fizzles. It, and it, it it it's like it it just disappeared. And, you know, I, I think a lot of that has to do with the confidence, especially after the, uh, you know, even if you give the ball up there on the fourth day and you're not able to convert, there is an element of, okay, they got to go 90 yards? 92 yards. yards. Yeah, and they like, did it hey. like nothing. And it was just like, just straight through it. So, by the way, I don't uh, know. There's not so much that can be talked about in Texas yeah. anymore. It's just it's, exhausting.
2: It's really hard to fit in uh, time for Prime Shrimp and Dead Soxy on these pods, too. So, th- if they play better, that would certainly help. Uh, but PrimeShrimp.com, uh, great friends of the program, great sponsors of the program. Go check it out. Josh and I. Josh is a shrimp fiend. I mean, uh, I, I'm a shrimp eater, uh, but he loves this stuff. Uh, and uh, they've got all the different flavors. Uh, the Signature Seasoned, uh, more of a Louisiana, uh, French Al Quarter Fredo. Uh, French, French Al Quarter? What the hell? French Quarter Alfredo, uh, Garlic Herb Butter, Then uh, the new Lemon and Cracked Pepper. Uh, but what you can do is go to their site. This is really easy meal prep. Uh, if you're a single dude or if you're a dad home alone, because it's girls' night out in Vegas or whatever, what uh, you don't get it. anyway. Um, you can; it's really easy. It's less than ten minutes. You just put it in boiling water. It comes out, uh, and it is a restaurant quality meal for you. Uh, really, for two people. I mean, one package can feed two. So uh, go check them out. PrimeShrimp.com. P R I M E Shrimp.com. Use the promo code SoonerScoop, and you'll get twenty dollars off uh, your your order. And uh, so yeah, we can't speak highly enough. Uh, no thaw, no mess, no fuss. Uh, under ten
0: minutes, great meal, and there you go. It is kind of go funny. I I was Sooner talking scoot. I was talking to a national media Promo. member, uh, not Dan Wolken. <laughs> and it he he had listened to the post game pod that we did carry. And he's like, you know what was the most funny? You know how bad I, you know, how I knew that it's really bad in Norman right now. You guys didn't even talk about Texas. I do think that they are much improved. Like yep. I I thought they looked actually really good. And it's going to be kind of interesting to see just how the big 12 shakes out over the next four weeks with Texas, Kansas state, Oklahoma state, and TCU kind of all playing each other here over the next couple of weeks. But you know, this is, it's, again, it's kind of weird for Oklahoma. They're not involved in not this. Not in the mix. And yeah. it's about building. It's about like, and Josh, I know that you've talked a lot about this just as far as it, if you want to flip that switch, now's the time. You got to start preparing for the future and the foundation of what this program is is going to be in 2023, 2024, and so forth.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just put some thoughts up of young guys that they need to know what they've got. I'm not saying, again, and people kind of took it like, well, Josh, you're saying these guys should start. No, I'm not saying you start 11 freshmen on defense. Like, that's not what I'm getting at. But there is a point where you're going to have these same conversations next year because you don't have guys with any in-game experience because you lose all these pieces that you played in what is basically a mean, I mean, not meaningless, I, that's, that's harsh, but a season that doesn't have any of the accolades you were chasing. You're not going to get, there's no trophies coming out of this. There's nothing that like to me, I, I was talking to somebody the other day. The biggest thing about making a bowl right now for this team is the 15 extra practices. practices and right. after that, if, if you, if you get a COVID outbreak the day before you're supposed to report for the bowl, fine, you got your practice in. That's all that you care about. That's all that matters. And it's just about getting better for next year. And I, again, like, cause I mean, this is Oklahoma, like eight and four is an irrelevant waste of time season. Like that, that's just the way it's viewed. I, I know that coaches, you know, in the process, and I, I get that mentality. I really do. But for, <laughs> but you're not here for but it. But for, <laughs> I mean, but it isn't part of the process improving. Well, okay. You better find out who you've got that can help you. In the process, because Deshaun White, Justin Broyles, those guys, they aren't coming back. They're, they're, they're. I guess White could, right? No, isn't that, because isn't that what we've, no, he 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 used right? it.
3: He used it to come this back. Okay, year. yes.
1: Doesn't and again, like, I don't feel like I, I know a lot of people have been down on Deshaun. I don't think Deshaun's been that bad. I don't like, think, think that has been, been, been a huge all. problem. I'm not writing yeah. that story because I'll get
3: crucified. But I don't think and Deshaun's in, been bad. And his at all.
0: play, the way he's played, has kept Kanick off the field. We've been looking yep. for resurrections. We we need to get a uh, top oh. ten crucif- crucifix <laughs> crucifixion. It doesn't sound like you're on the uh, the road to Shreveport. Hashtag road to Shreveport with me. We're <laughs> we going to Memphis. Uh, or are we, we going to talk, Shreveport. We were talking the other day when
2: <laughs> some of the beat riders came over to check things out uh, at the office, and uh, we were talking about the bowl situation, like what OU. It's like the what's the one in Dallas. It's not the Bell helicopter. Uh, first, responders. first responders. First responders. First yeah. responders. Yeah. That would be the only thing to me worthwhile is going to a bowl in Dallas.
1: I, I'm all in on Shreveport. I think that'd be fun. Well, I, I, Independence I, Bowl action. The last time I was in Shreveport was a bachelor party, and I saw the scuzzy side of Shreveport, and that's not a great. I mean, <laughs> those are the people. The so good win. side of Shreveport's Shre- not great.
2: Shreveport looks like the world that was built when Biff started winning all the gambling and <laughs> Back to the Future. I mean, like it's just That's a exactly. barren wasteland except for
0: these giant hotels. He Gave us the great Bonky Perkins. He could be the uh, he could be our tour guide that week. But no, I I completely agree with you. You got to start seeing what is what's out there. You're, st- I,
3: you're slowly. Yep. It starts with special teams.
0: Jaden Rowe
3: and Robert Spears Jennings are now firmly entrenched. Like you know, I'm always doing the tracker, so yeah. I'm noticing some of these guys are absolutely being brought along just a little bit more with each passing week.
0: Yeah, it, you know, I. It, again. It it was a low. It was a it was a uh, a highlight and a low point of uh, the season. But Kip Lewis had a tackle for loss on Saturday, like and it looked good. And yet he you identified the play, made the play two
3: three weeks ago. That never would have happened, right? And that's what we're talking about. Then you sink or swim. You got to put him out there. Yeah, if you thought two weeks he wasn't ready, but then you put him out there and he gets a tackle for loss his first series. That's right. Maybe he was.
0: Might. That's right.
1: And I, I know, was it Lebby that somebody asked him about how do you feel about you know game day oh, players? No, kind gamers. Of no, gamers. No, 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 uh, no, don't, no, no. no, not That's 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 never. There's no coach <laughs> on earth that's ever gonna be like, "Yep, I really buy that." Like, that's just not gonna happen. It's like one of those questions that you're like, I, you know that answer before you. Nah, and I get. That's kind of, one of those things. that Like I understand, like why fans would want to hear his response to that. But as a media guy, we're well, asking
3: the hard questions, Josh. But yeah. to me, that oh. to me,
1: like I'm surprised. First of all, how dare
2: you? I'm surprised uh, that Brent Venables just wasn't like put somebody else in. Like maybe that's when Evers went in. It's like he decided, just anybody, yeah,
1: just anybody. <laughs> like it just wasn't working. I mean, i. And I, I know we've c I know you guys covered that and I don't want to kill it, but like th- there was no reason for Davis Bevel to be on the field in the second no, half. Like no. we, no, we no. knew he should that not have wasn't come out working.
2: as a starter after halftime. And
3: I think it's no, equally And it was unfair to him. It was unfair to Nick Evers to be in at four at forty nine nothing. Yeah, you're burning a game yep. for a kid's I think you wreck wreck. put him in at thirty five nothing and say, Okay, this is your sure, sure your your starter. Forty nine sure. nothing. Now no one's my
1: focus. Oh sorry Bob. That's all right. Sorry was, Bob. That, yep, go go ahead my deal with the with the four games thing what world are we living in that this ou team is going to have three or four mop up duties on the close in like, uh, you could be coming. losing by 40 again sir yeah like that, that you're you're right bob it's an option. and that's a crazy thing if if somebody's going to run away with this game on saturday i'd bet on kansas yep like that that's how wild this world we're living in is right now if I had to bet I'd
2: I'd bet Kansas. I mean, last week I was ready to bet, you know, the house on Texas. <laughs> I don't feel that way Oh this yeah, week. this is my last podcast, guys. Well, that's I right. sold the house. <laughs>
1: we're 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 closing in a couple weeks. It's it's going to be great. Like it, it's we're really excited about all that we're getting
0: out of well, this. It sounds like you've been illegal illegally gambling in <laughs> Texas. I will uh, I will be notifying Dan Patrick, the lieutenant lieutenant governor. They probably got we, some uh,
2: we, we, They probably got some uh, illegal river boats over there. In the Gulf, yeah, sure. Not,
0: not not far from Shreveport, I guess technically.
1: No, oh, I mean we're we're right by. Um, oh, what's the little god town on the way to New Orleans? Uh, uh, great, great line here. Really worked this out well, but uh, just on the other side of the board. Uh, god, Shreveport. You go, you go. Oh, uh, no Beaumont, deal. and then, boof, and it's right there. Uh, that one. Damn it! I'll think of it here in a little bit when it doesn't make oh, any sense. Pull anymore. up Google Maps. Yep, that's, that's what I'm going to do, but I'm just, you know, you guys talk through it while I, while I work this out.
2: No, but the, I mean, the gamer thing, like, it's just like, oh, I wish he hadn't, first off, I almost wish the question hadn't been asked, but it was a good question. Uh, I think Ryan Chapman asked that, but it was a really good question. It, it needed to be asked, but the answer is, you know, you're a coach. You want your players to earn their way by practicing well. You can't admit the to the thing, fact that like I
3: thought Jeff might add to it. It's like if I put someone in who didn't earn it during practice, that would create some issues. Like this guy sucked Monday
0: through Thursday, but I'm like, yeah. But we'll you forfeit put the right Saturday. to be the better player when you go out on the field and suck. Yeah. The, the bigger question in all of that is. By the is, way, Eddie showed me the Davis Bevel highlights the other day. I can't believe it's the same quarterback. Oh, the, the thing that uh, Stoops Rhodes put up? Uh-huh. Yeah. It, I mean, the YouTube thing. And I know that it was an inter squad scrimmage. At For the Pitt, most part, it was like they're blue and but, gray or whatever. I mean, whatever. It, he looks like a different person. Like, he's he's throwing the football down the field, and it's almost kind of shocking. It, it The the bigger question here is, is, and this is what Brent Venables has hinted at, you know, multiple times here over the last month, what is happening Monday through Thursday that is not you translating translated. to Saturday? And... I'm at the point now where it's like, I don't give a what you guys have to do. If it's new players, if it's dumbing down the scheme, do whatever you literally have to do. And I'm not even saying to win a football game to be competent enough to play four quarters. You got enough
3: coaches on that sideline. When things start going off the rails, they should be able to
0: have some sort of an idea of how to get it back. Yeah, and that's what surprised me. The thing that I can't get over, Bob, is the fact that this isn't, like I could understand, like 98 to 99 is a perfect example. It was like, these guys are trying to learn how to win. They, They haven't won. They haven't been a part of a program that knows how to close out a football game. That's far from the case you can say whatever you want about this defense over the last five, six, seven, eight years, which shit, that's a long time, but they've been a part of really good programs. They've been a part of really good teams. But they haven't been carrying the program. But they haven't been part yeah. of good good units. Right? Yeah. And I, I I think that They've been bailed out a lot. It's completely fair to say that. it, And that is definitely one of those things that has, you know, obviously come to uh, the forefront here over the last couple of weeks. And... They just they simply and I I go back to the idea that you know Carrie I was telling you that I think that there's a lot of guys on this defense and you know Justin Broyles is a perfect example of this that simply hasn't been a part of good defenses. They've been beaten down to a point where their confidence level is so low. It doesn't that, take much to get it
3: low.
2: Yeah, too.
0: and 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 you go. You know, you get down by twenty-one, and it's kind of like, who gives a shit? And you try next
2: week. Your best player. I mean, Britt Venables called Woody Washington
0: one of their best players yesterday. Yeah, and he's the guy that had two pass interference calls in Fort Worth, in you know, somewhat critical moments early in that game. But he's
2: also a guy that played in that LSU game. Like
0: one hundred percent, he's seen some shit, man. One hundred percent. All those guys have, and I think that there's just a level of like, you can say whatever you want about him. You can tweet him the the criticism. Uh, is obviously there, and it's, it's warranted, as Brent said yesterday. But there is some level of, like, there's, there's no help for some of these guys. And if that's the case, you got to start moving on. Yep. Uh,
1: guys, I, and I, I think and it's honestly really fair that a lot of people have asked, you know, and I have brought this up a couple of times, what does this team look like last year if Dylan Gabriel is a quarterback? Just flip that. Mm-hmm. And how many? How different is the outcome last year? And you're I, there's seven and five. What at are the they? Best. Eight and five? Like right, yeah. yeah, seven and six. I mean something like that. Like they're they're not special. And you're like okay. And that was a team that had a front seven with a lot of NFL guys in it. You know maybe not like elite front line NFL guys, but you know Isaiah Thomas off to a nice start. Brian Osamoa's is playing well. You know, th- there are some pieces that you're like, okay, yeah. There's five pieces but, on
0: that defense yeah, that are all won. on
1: NFL rosters. Whether I mean, come it be on. They, Turner-Yell, Brian Osamoa,
0: Isaiah Thomas, Nick Benito, Perron Winfrey. Those are five guys that, you know, and I, I asked Teddy the other day. It's like, were we just dummies for thinking that everything was going to be okay because Brent had come and because of the resume that those guys had, it was just going to be one of those – they're gonna figure it out. They'll figure it out. And obviously they haven't. I don't know. Maybe looking back on it, hindsight's always twenty twenty, obviously, but it was a lot bigger losing those guys than we initially thought. I,
2: I think you're by the way, I think your your prediction is crap. I mean, they won five games with Spencer Rattler as their quarterback. They didn't he was play really well. good though. Win.
0: Twenty twenty are you talking about twenty twenty? I'm talking Towards about last end?
2: year. I thought you said last year. Yeah. yeah. Last year. Yeah. They don't beat with, Texas with Gabriel. They don't beat Texas, they, but they
0: they they win. So They're there's three. Right going there. in I don't think Texas. that they, I don't. Do, Spen- they, do they beat Kansas? Spencer Rattler. I don't think they beat Kansas. Finest moment. I don't was. think they beat Iowa State. I think not
2: I think they beat Kansas. Spencer's best yeah. moment. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I mean, Caleb a, Williams played like shit in that game, and they still
0: won it. And this yeah, ball, but, but he also used his uh, legs. So he did something yeah.
1: Gabriel couldn't do.
0: And they and I I would say though that Gabriel has a 61 yard touchdown or whatever. And all of this and talking about Gabriel coming back even this week. Part of the offensive problems through those first four games when he was playing was Dylan Gabriel. He has to play better.
2: No, I mean, he's not been great. And and it's just like we were saying with with Quinn Ewers and Texas fans, like, that's the best they've ever seen. We've seen better. Like, we know the standard of of what a great Heisman Trophy performance type winning season looks like. I think at the end of
0: the day, though, it's like, without Caleb Williams and, you know, obviously a generational quarterback – they're definitely not nine and zero going into that Baylor week. No,
2: or I didn't say that week. they would. No, be. I know you're not, but I'm, I'm saying they would have. I think they would have been better in eight and five. I mean, I think they would have been a three loss team with Dylan Gabriel.
1: I, I, and I could buy, I I mean, buy that. I that. mean, that's reasonable. I, I, I'm just saying there's there the but, but again Caleb Williams been played, played like shit against Baylor too. Yeah, he was awful. But
0: that was awesome with second a second half he wasn't very good against That was, that was also lift. with a uh, offense that was being called by a coach that had to put out the door. <laughs> yeah, so <that> was <laughs> <Yeah. cool.
3: laughs>
0: no, it, it it's it kinda is what it is. Like all of the, you know, blame that can be put on last year or how this program has been run over the last couple of years, getting to this moment, everything's a part of it. And then you can also say that
1: this team has underachieved massively. Yep. That's my biggest thing. Everybody wants to make it one thing, like oh, it's just this or it's just that. It's complex. It's like, a multitude it's of things. Yep. To fall and, and that's this why far, it's it has to be
0: yep. a ton of shit. And I think that's like the, i That's the most startling thing is how far this thing has dropped. That's where I start going. Going back to like Sunday when I was in a a very very dark place. <laughs> it's like. That's where, like, I think the doubt, it's only human to start thinking about the doubt and, like, shit, is this headed in the direction that Nebraska was headed in? And then you start grasping for reasons why it shouldn't be. But, you know, I I feel much better about the situation today than I did, you know, a couple of days ago. But, again, we could come back in here Saturday night after the uh, the Kansas game and, be saying, you know, basically that our worst fear was confirmed, that this thing is headed in the wrong direction still.
3: Now, here's one thing. or If, if we're ready to go with Josh recruiting, this is the mm-hmm. first week. I mean, th- this, this is, is how bad it's been. Big, this is the positive. This is the big weekend, right? This is – they're bringing guys. You, you've been able to lay an egg in Fort Worth. You weren't going to be hurt there. It stinks to invite all those guys to Dallas and, you know – sucked there too. But if you have a home weekend, official visit weekend and you can't bring it, would that finally be something that gets, you know, the ball rolling in the wrong direction.
1: You know, with the reaction I've gotten this week, which has been incredible. I'm like, Yeah, I'm like, I think this class is going to hold together pretty well, almost regardless of what you know, short of something just wild that is like a, you know, foundational change, like coaches start moving, you know, that kind of stuff, like that. But just what happens on the field and everything else remains status quo. I, I, I think they're going to hold a good chunk of this class together. I really do. Now. There's going to be people that are going to be like, this is not what I signed up for. Like this, I, I, I thought I, I was coming into a team that's competing for the playoff next year, that kind of thing. So, I mean, there's no way you don't lose anyone, but I, I've been really impressed with how level headed some of this stuff is. And guys, cause part of it is when I talk to a lot of these guys, they're in lockstep with the coaches. Yeah. Like the, the, the fans are being crazy. Like they've got to understand there's differences here. There's things. And you're like, Wow. I mean, they're bought in. Like that, that, that is, you know, Brent's all in stuff. Like that, that's, that's what it reads like when I'm talking to these guys. And, you know, and and again, I I don't want to, I want to be clear. These guys aren't like, oh, the fans are stupid. It's not like that. It's just they don't understand what's going on behind closed doors. And I think these guys, are they're coming with questions? They're asking these coaches, like, what, what, what's going on here? And I think there has been a good level of transparency from the coaching staff to the recruits of, Hey, these are, these are growing pains. Like, these are things we, we, we kind of knew we were going to have to go through. And I think that's calming the water a lot. Um, yeah. cause I, I even heard a Jackson Arnold rumor and I, you know, we, we, I talked about it in woke mm-hmm. and I want to be clear. Like, everybody I've talked to is like, there's nothing there. Like, he, he's, you know, again, he and he told me, he goes, I wish it was going better, but I have a lot of faith they're going to turn this around. And like we said a second ago, Jackson Arnold can't feel that bad because, like, when Dylan Gabriel has been healthy, that offense has moved the ball. It's just it's had a problem, when, you know, when he hasn't been out there, it's been god-awful.
3: I guess my my biggest question for the last couple of weeks, maybe you can sustain what you've got, which is a tremendous class, but yeah. can you win
1: any the of the battles that are going to be coming up? That, I mean, that's the thing because this weekend, I mean, you're really talking about two of really the, you could argue the two most key pieces that Oklahoma still has left on the board and Caden McDonald, McDonald and Cecilia Akana, which are two guys I've been able to confirm today are still expected to come in yep. for their official visits this weekend. So, uh, you know, obviously 11 a.m. Kick both by guys being from different time zones. There are some challenges there, but it sounds like Oklahoma still expects to bring those guys in. Um, I, Cecilia Khan is interesting. Like, because I, I thought Oklahoma clearly led for him in the summer. It feels like that's cool just a little bit, but I still think Oklahoma is absolutely there. And he's a guy that Brent Venables, I know has put a lot of energy into. Uh, Caden McDonald, that relationship with Todd Bates. I mean, guys, we've seen it. Like every time we think like, Oh, this staff can't do it. They just went on relationship, which is not something we're always accustomed to seeing. And I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule them out in either of these things, but I'm, I'm with you, Bob. Like to me, the focus has to be, let's keep these guys together. Like that, that has to be the primary thought. And then whatever else we can add is whatever else we can add. Like that, that's great. I think Caden McDonald would be so massive for this class. It's kind of hard for me to put it in words. He's a guy that he's an anchor that you build a Brent Venables defense around. He's always got those great nose tackles that just, just, you know, just eat up blocks. Free the linebackers to run the ball. Like you look at his best OU, best Clemson defenses. That was a that was a hallmark of those groups. And I, I think Caden McDonald could be that kind of guy. I think he is tremendously talented. And then you add another pass rusher like Akana. If you can hold on to Colton Vosick and um, uh, PJ Adabare, I mean that's a monstrous defensive uh, defensive end class. And then again, that forgets Derek LeBlanc, who I'm actually going to get a chance to see this weekend. Which one has the best sock game? Ooh, I mean, I don't know. We don't know which dead soxy guy there is, but I mean, may, maybe that needs to be part of. It. I mean, that's that's the next NIL, nil dead soxy deal. Why
2: don't we just make them buy and impress us? Uh, you know,
1: do they have that,
0: a promo code we could use?
2: <laughs> <laughs> they do, Eddie. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, yeah, DeadSoxy.com, Go check out our good friends d e a d s o x y dot uh, you can uh, shop all their different collections, uh, including the no-shows, uh, which is still time to wear the no-shows out there. It's not not exactly cold, cold yet. It's going to be 80 this weekend.
3: Oh,
0: it's going to be awesome. Sorry, Eddie. Uh, yeah, I, was, I was hoping for like low 80s. Sounds like we're going to get gonna high 80s. like okay. Sweaty 80s. That's okay. Yes. I'll, have the, I'll have the no-shows.
2: Tons of dress socks, though. Uh, not just the team colorways, but you can uh, uh, get something for the office as well. Uh, but just just great socks. I mean, they've been featured in, in all kinds of magazines like GQ, Men's Health, Esquire, uh, Forbes. So uh, go check them out uh, and use that promo code SCOOP, and you'll get uh, 25% off your entire order. That's deadsoxy.com. Uh, some are saying the new standard in socks. That's what GQ called them. So we love them. Uh, we keep buying and We want you guys to uh, love them, too. So go check it out, deadsoxy.com. And as always, remember, stay Soxy. It's right. not the standard. You uh, you have any more recruiting you want to
3: get to? It would just be, I've seen, me and Eddie have seen Jacoby Johnson like four or five times. And we're going to see him again Thursday against Union. Josh, what is he as a corner? I still don't know.
1: I... It's so hard because, like, no one throws at him, and I get it. I wouldn't either. Like, I mean, that this is not this is very much in line with what Carrie and I were talking about about earlier. This is not me questioning the Edmund Santa Fe coaching staff. I wouldn't throw at his ass either. Like, he's really talented. The thing I notice is he looks so much more like when, on a few occasions, when a Santa Fe receiver would, you know, really run and not just be like, you know, you're not doing anything, I'm not doing anything. Let's just kind of. Pat each other on the butt, and we'll go about it. The next. Davis play. Bevel, Jameson. Uh, yes. Yeah, it, it, very much, very much that kind of vibes uh, on Jacoby Johnson's side of the field, but there was, um, b- but he is so much smoother and more natural with his pedal and his turn. Like he looks a lot cleaner. Um, I guess it's probably been a year since I've seen Jacoby really go, and I, I saw him in the spring. That's not right, but I mean, he just looks better and better. Obviously, his frame is incredible. I mean, he—he's what you draw up as a uh, as a young corner. Like, I mean, just big, strong, sturdy guy that could easily move to safety if corner doesn't work out. And with his ball skills, safety might be better for him. Like, I, I, there's a there's an argument for that. There's something that makes sense to me in that way. Um, at the same time, he's not overly physical, so I don't know. I mean, there's there's a give and take to that conversation. I, I love the talent. I love the upside. There's so much potential there. Um, and, you know, I was talking to some people there, and that, that's really what it comes down to is what his maturation is like. As, as he embraces I'm a football player and, you know, Bob could speak to, you know, better what the plans might be with basketball and that kind of stuff because I know Bob's covered a lot more of that side of it. There is – as a football player he's going to have to embrace that it's that that's where his bread is butter that's who he's going to be that's where his time has to be that's where his you know his lifting and all that stuff where you know and i've heard guys who have done multi sport talk about this i think teddy has even talked about it at some points in that football's a different kind of uh, a different kind of resolve like i mean it's just a different thing because you're physically straining every single moment and that's not to say that basketball players aren't incredible athletes they are there's just not the physical rigor and demand every single play and so it'll be interesting to see and that's hard to know with him for Mustang right now because as a receiver he he kind of just runs his you know the corner away from the ball and they've got to stay with him because he's the most dangerous guy on the field so if he just runs away he's done the same thing as a real block and then as a corner they're not going to throw at him so he just doesn't get asked to do a lot snap in and snap out and it'll be really interesting to see what it looks like when he just gets to practice and every day is facing guys who are his physical equal
0: a guy from in-state that you've mentioned on the board this week eric fields kind of coming out of nowhere the uh, kid from ardmore
1: he is a guy i've liked since he was a sophomore then finally when he had some tape it like because i i saw him in like bits and pieces and it happens sometimes uh, you know, kind of in these more rural areas. And, I mean, not that Ardmore is really country, but, I mean, just not a huge social media presence there and a lot of video being put out. Um, but watching him, I mean, this guy, last I had heard, he was like 6'2", 170, was kind of going to be a safety type. Talking to his coaches this week, he's more like 6'3", 205, and you watch his tape, he's all over the place and just killing people um, and looks uh, – Somebody made the comparison, and I don't think it's crazy from a just what the tape looks like. There's some Kenneth Murray vibes there because he's coming from deep and just tracking ball, you know, tracking the ball all over the field. Like he is so clearly the best athlete on the field. His father was a big time athlete, from everything I understand. Boxer. So, Cover,
3: I covered him for years. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. No kidding, because he used to he was with the Zudi family management, and they used to fight at Remington Park and no the shit. Cox Convention Center. That's crazy. I covered it like five or six of his fights.
1: I did not wow. know that. We, this is something I am learning right now.
2: That we forget that Bob had a life as a real journalist back in the day.
0: You know, six <laughs> two one seventy five. Like when you say 205, that certainly does change almost. everything everything i know that's a little bit unfair just to base it off of measurables but it it does offer you the idea like oh this guy could come and put on 20 pounds in
1: college 25 30 pounds oh there's there's no question i mean he is a because you look at it on tape you're like that guy looks like a a small ford like he's all big and long-armed and long-legged and you're like there's plenty of room for him to grow and get bigger now um what i was initially told was that, oh, he's a full qualifier. As I've checked around and talked to some people that have, that are a little more in, involved directly in it, it sounds like he's close. Like there. The, it, it's one of those things he could become a full qualifier. Right now he probably is not. Now what's interesting is there are some, I, and I, I won't claim I understand it fully enough to say this is or is not true in his case, but there are some COVID exemptions. That are out there for these guys to qualify, and guys that could kind of get in due to you know they were so long out of school and some some of these other problems that these guys that are seniors now faced as you know freshmen, sophomores, that kind of stuff. So there are there's a little bit of nuance to his situation that's going to be interesting to track. But uh, guys, I mean. If, if he becomes a full qualifier, this is a guy that I don't think it's crazy if OU got involved with. He's, he's that talented. It's just going to be a matter of A, if they feel they have room for him, what he would do. Like there's a conversation about him maybe being a cheetah type of guy. Um, there, there are a lot of, and again, I don't think Oklahoma's had any conversation with him. So I don't want to misrepresent this and say, Oh, this could be the next guy. I'm just saying, down the road, maybe in the late signing period, he's a guy you could see kind of blow up. And
3: then you mentioned you're going to go see Derek this weekend.
1: Yeah, I've got, got a little Florida swing here. I'm uh, going to go see Derek LeBlanc and Lewis Carter this weekend. And I can't readily remember which order. One's Thursday, obviously, one's Friday. Can't remember which one's which at this point. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, Derek LeBlanc is like two weeks removed from a five-sack, four-and-a-half tackle for loss. No, it was like six-and-a-half tackles for loss, five sacks. Like, it was this insane game. And I literally, like, you couldn't find the stats anywhere. I just watched his highlight tape from that week, and it was just him sack, sack, sack. So i really anxious to see him because he's a unique guy. He's one of the guys I've really had trouble gauging um, because he's kind of a... Uh, He's a unique body type. He's a little different. I don't know that I've seen a guy quite like him. Real long armed, kind of long torsoed. It's it's just a it's a very interesting thing. But I I see him as a three tech all day for Oklahoma. After he probably has a year in the program, gets stronger, puts a little weight in his lower body, that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I think that's where you see him start to take off. But again, if you could, you know, you keep him, you can land, you know, McDonald or Akana just. Both would be great, but either one, and then you throw in with the two defensive ends you've got. That's just an incredible defensive line class. And I would, and-
0: I would say, like LeBlanc seems like one of those kids in this moment of uncertainty for a lot of people. Well, his dad, his dad's <laughs> been very outspoken. Like, hey, as long as Todd Bates and Brent Venables
1: are there, do not worry about us. We coming. I heard a rumor that Penn State had been pushing, so I checked with Dad, and he was like, "Yeah, Penn State, Miami, Florida." He's like, "But we're Sooners." Like, I mean, like it was just like, yeah, that's not. We don't. They can say whatever they want to. We're in." Well, you're not and leaving so, Oklahoma for Florida or for Miami, no matter what happens. Florida or Miami, right yeah. now. It's not like they're either one of those two are lighting the world on fire. So, um, and that's and guys, that's one of the interesting little sub stories is. There's always this talk of Samson, Oak, and Lola just kind of hanging around with OU a little bit and hanging around, and he plays his games on Saturday, so it's really tough for him to get out for an official during the season. Um, but if Miami continues to really sputter and OU can kind of find their feet, maybe that gets interesting down the stretch. I'm not saying I like that is a hypothetical, you know, if, if chips fall correctly Maybe down the road because one of the other schools that Samson was supposed to be really big on is Michigan State and they're vomiting all over themselves. A lot of teams doing that. I uh-huh. know so it's, it's an interesting thing. And that's why this could be a really interesting close. Cause like I said, if Oklahoma can find their feet and just seven and five, eight and four, be respectable, show a nice bounce back after a brutal, you know, late September, early October. That I, that there are some guys out there that I think they could steal, and with what we're talking about, with there probably being a lot of um, jettisoned pieces of the current roster, OU's going to have scholarships to give. So that, that'll that be that'll be interesting to watch and see how that plays out. It is kind of a good representation of just how bad things have been around here,
0: that there are other schools that are shitting on themselves but it doesn't. It doesn't make it feel any. It doesn't make anybody feel better about the situation here. Yeah, I mean, it's like A and M goes in. They're Arkansas. three and three. Arkansas, shit like, and Michigan State's been awful. Miami, and Miami. All these schools have like truly have been just as bad as OU. But OU's been so bad, bad, it doesn't make anybody well, feel. I better. mean, at
2: least if Miami, you could kind of see it coming. I mean, like I, I, I didn't. Really? I thought the ball. Been,
0: when, and I thought Van Dyke was going to be really yeah. good. He's been awful. But you can't lose at home to Middle Tennessee. Yeah, you can't lose at home to Kansas either. <laughs> so exactly. let's, let's, and then you look table up. This but then you look
2: up and it's Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama. Yeah, like everyone else, you're just screwing this up. Like there's a Clemson border, border, Clemson's borderline. borderline yes, a, I
0: might be bought back in on. Clemson, they they've played pretty they've, well. They're over getting the last better couple of weeks. They have a big one this weekend. Ugalele <laughs> Lulu is playing better. The uh,
1: the the Saturday like, pissed, like a real you, quarterback again. Saturday, how pissed are you lost? if you're Virginia? You took Tony Elliott. All of a sudden, DJ Ugualele is playing like a reasonable quarterback, and Brennan Armstrong, who was great last year, looks like dog shit. Yeah, like the uh, What's the common denominator in those two changes? Mm. Like, there's three. That's great. Big
0: games this weekend, though. I mean, OSU TCU is amazing. Uh, Michigan State, Penn State, I guess, if yeah. that does anything for you, even though Penn State's one of those teams, you know, they don't get beat that. on that first night, uh, have to come back, beat Purdue, Aiden O'Connor, and then you look up and it's like, oh, they're undefeated right now. And then obviously the big one over in Knoxville with uh, Josh Heupel, the number one offense in the country, and that's gonna the be Vols crazy. going against Alabama. So I. Three, I mean, big, three big undefeated not, games.
3: I'm still holding out hope for the youths to take down Trojans.
0: Yeah, that's. I can't even hate there. watch it anymore. It's like I've, I've, I'm past the point of hate watching. I think I'm I got, actually just watching to watch now. Yeah, I
2: really am. It's like I know the play. I know. Oh, there's Gentry. Good play. Like it's just like
1: you know. You're you start to the learn tings. the yeah. layers. Yeah. Yeah. Interceptions CCs. and
3: sacks. It makes no sense.
0: Well,
1: and I, I can't it, watch that defense and be like, <laughs> what the hell was happening? Like, why is this working? Because it's exactly what Lynch yep. is. methodology is, and it just works. And I'm like, why? Like, I know these pieces aren't better. 55 brought it up on the
0: board, and, you know, there is one constant in all of Oklahoma's defensive struggles here, you know, over the, we'll go small sample size, over the last two, three years, it's the players. Like, the, Mm. the coach that got all the shit from the fan base a year ago, and over the past two or three years, he's gone out to L.A. and put together a pretty good product. A new coaching staff has come in, and all of a sudden it's these coaches' fault? There's one constant in all of this. Yep. And I, they, it sucks to say that. Like, I'm not trying to just completely take shots at everybody on this defense, but it is what it is. Everybody knows it.
1: Uh, I'll say again, like, the, and it, it's it's not a talent thing. I don't. I just don't believe that. I don't believe Kansas is more talented or TCU is more talented than Oklahoma. I, I don't believe that. Are there? Is there something clearly wrong outside of your physical talent? Yes, one hundred percent. Something is there. Like Brent keeps saying, there's a disconnect somewhere. I don't know where it is, but you, you're just not going to tell me that man for man, Kansas doesn't recognize that OU has better pieces, better personnel than they do, but they're not playing nearly as well as a unit. There's the, no argument. The salt in the wound, I think, is somebody like a tech that you've
0: seen them kind of rejuvenate themselves under Joey McGuire and be really competitive, take OSU late into the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. beat Texas and Lubbock, and it's like, I mean, they had their third-string quarterback was throwing the ball all over OSU last kid. week. It just, I was
1: reminded, though, he was an Elite 11 participant he oh he's the highest ranked quarterback signing techs ever had yeah morton's a big deal yeah um i mean you know relatively speaking Uh, like their third string is not general booty no no that's and and you know and at least and he's been working with those receivers for a long like he knows he's a little more familiar and is uh, again like that that's my whole thing with that deal like there is the people that thought Oklahoma could just put Davis Bevel in there and we're going to run the offense. No, at the same time, expecting more than what you got is completely reasonable. Like there's there both those things can be true. Like you should there should have been more available to Oklahoma's offense than what they got. At the same time, we all knew it was going to be a massive fall off from Dylan Gabriel to whoever was behind him.
2: Well, what we knew is that the, if the defense didn't play wet or w- well, and they. With that defense
1: and no Dylan Gabriel, they had no shot. And they had no shot. Yeah. Because, guys, like Bob said earlier, that's a good Texas team. Like, if they go 10 and 2, I'm not going to be surprised in the least. That's a, that, uh, that, and that offense in particular, there are weapons everywhere. They've got, they're going to cause a lot of problems the rest of the season. Sanders was,
0: (laughs) I mean, he's so damn good. J.A. Sanders. He's a tight end.
1: Who knew? That guy is a dude. I'm not letting go of it, Bob. He's a defensive end. I'm still <laughs> pissed off about it. He's, he's a perfectly fine tight end. You're passed up tens of millions of dollars to be a pass rusher. Whatever. Not bitter. Okay. This
2: is like the post game. We have to stop talking about Texas at some point. At some point, just, yeah. It, my it, skin starts to crawl
0: when – It is what it is. I, I know that – To a certain point. You know, it. it they just – there There has to be conversations within the program, and I would hope they've already happened this week. That you look at everything, whether it be you know meetings with players, meetings with coaches. I'm going to say this: the drain gonna, of what this thing has been. Yeah, I mean,
2: I just have to say this, and my skin is crawling. Like, I think Brent has done enough talking. He's 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 done enough trying to reach these players. He's done he, when you got guys like Chavis and, and and Barnes and all these guys on the staff that you know can you know are good coaches that can reach people that are motivational that. Uh, speak their language like with Chavis. Like, I don't think that there's any way the message is not being sent. If it doesn't happen, they go out there and look like shit. It's on the players now, to me.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, there's only so much on defense, you can say. On deep There's only so much you can say. And I think that's that's the, the place that you don't want to have to have the conversation of they've tuned this guy out. And if well, that's the case, yeah, and you're it, looking at it. I'm sure a they will. Eight, if, if they play nine. like
2: shit and they tune him out. They will, but we'll at least know that this team just doesn't have football. And we're having much
0: serious conversations about you know the direction of the program. If this thing is three, and how long right? does it stay like down? You start mm-hmm. talking about a leash, and you start talking about well, how much time are they going to give them, and all that kind of stuff. And that is you know those are uncomfortable conversations that I don't think anybody wants to have. Let's wait till after Kansas to have them because. I'll be here on Saturday. <laughs> yes. My, no, Oh no! I, they're gonna win though, so I that's okay. Okay.
2: It, it, hopefully we see a spark. Hopefully a yeah. start of something. Yeah. A win is very much needed. Guys sent me a, a screenshot of an email from OU sending out uh, offers to buy tickets for twenty five
0: dollars for this in the Baylor game. So it's. Yeah. I don't know what that crowd's gonna look like. Saturday. Well, and you know, I I, I guess it just kind of. I'm not asking. Fans to show up and cheer. Like I'm not doing that, but do keep in mind that you know. And Josh just kind of outlined: there are going to be recruits there. If you want this thing to get better, the last thing you want to do is for a kid to show up at 11 a.m. and think these people don't give a shit. Like it, it is what it is. Like, well,
2: if the quite
0: they, they boo. If the crowd starts booing the whole game, <laughs> yeah, that whole like, it's, it's just yeah. not a good look for anybody. Like it, it in a way. And I'm not – it is what it is. Everybody was frustrated on Saturday at the Cotton Bowl, but, like, you know, you look up in the middle of the second quarter and, you know, students are chanting, we want booty. It just – it's it, it, it kind of makes my, screen, my skin crawl, you know, thinking that, like, Jackson Arnold's sitting there in the stands. And, you know, I again, it, it's not, like, a big thing, but it's just like – and I don't think that people truly think about that when they've had 12 lax cup beers and maybe a couple party – flavors in their nose before the game but it just it is what it is like favors flavors. it could be a flavor i don't know i don't (laughs) i don't know what fentanyl's doing these days. i'm sorry i'm slowing you down no but i'm done i'm done that's just like gotta keep that in mind when this thing is a shit show i'm not defending it but keep that in mind when you go into the stadium on saturday all right i don't think it could be worse but maybe it could I will let you have the last word. Uh, that's gonna do it for went this went to a edition? baseball scrimmage last night. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> that's the last word. I'm done, I'm done. They, they look fun. John, uh, John Spikerman was on base four times and stole four bases, so. What does happen if you answer a porn bot
2: on uh, Twitter, DMs? Where does it take you? Like, are you just I getting
3: catfish? Oh yeah,
2: man. I get like so many a day because my DMs are open. Yeah, oh, mine are too. I get a bunch of them. I'm just curious like what happens. Like where does that go?
0: I have no idea. Is
2: it are they they do they extract the money immediately? Like is it the very next question? Is can I have money for pictures or something?
1: That's been my experience. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then I pay them, and then it just it seems to go fine from there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Josh has got to get out of here as well. Uh, happy birthday, Tiffany! By the way, Mrs.
1: McQuishan. Ah. Today is the actual day, She's, right? Today is the day. She she's sitting in the other room. Happy waiting. birthday, Tim! <laughs> paying, me, paying me absolutely no mind. Well, good. Just like come and say hi to everybody. Yeah, she, she's going to pass on that. This is <laughs> this is where Lainey wow. gets it from. Layla, Layla's Layla's I'm me. Hurt. Talk that shit all day. I'm hurt. So. All right.
2: Well, <laughs> all right. That's going to do it. We'll be back again uh, next week, hopefully. Talking about f- repairing and healing this season. So. We'll see you next week right back here on another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from SoonersCoop.com.